0: None of the content on this or any episode of the Kratom Science Podcast, Kratom Science Journal Club, or on any page of KratomScience.com is intended, nor should it be considered medical claims or medical advice. This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com. Your source for all things Kratom. It's a privilege to welcome John Griggs. He's a former law enforcement officer who was involved in a whistleblower case. He's here to talk about possible police corruption in the Marshall Price case, the man who was killed three weeks after being sentenced for 10 years in prison for carrying so, too much Kratom. You were a uh, former uh, law enforcement officer. Can you talk about that uh i guess you were a corrections officer officer and uh were you like a police officer as well
1: yeah yeah i started out um, really young when i was like 21 and got into this business really early and um worked in varying capacities from corrections <laughs> officer to police officer then i went to uh be a private investigator for quite a while um and contracted actually for 10 months with the, uh, secret service, um, working in the Gulf. So mm-hmm. that was pretty fun. But, um, that was for a, that was uh, contract private investigation work and then went back into law enforcement. And then the last, uh, job I had was an investigator for the department of corrections and was a, uh, gang task force officer for them. And that was a whole, level of crazy because i got involved in whistleblowing and ended up uh in a high profile lawsuit against the state of missouri and and won that um man it's all over the internet it's it's, it was it was a whole just wild set of circumstances that i uh landed myself in and that's fine though. You know, it gave me a leg up. So,
0: yeah. So, what happened was that was that a result of um, you being attacked in in the prison?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, there was uh, officers that were smuggling heroin in. Oh. They okay. were uh, bringing heroin into uh, inmates and selling it to them. Which, you know, man, these guys are in treatment. They're locked up. They're supposed to be, um, you know, rehabilitating. Yeah, and um, these guys were selling them heroin and the administration would do nothing about it because they didn't want investigators coming in there and uh, poking around at them so they just fire them and get them out the door and I would get a hold of the prosecutors write problem cause statements up, <clears throat> all kinds of stuff and it was um, it was bringing too much attention to them so they had to uh, get rid
0: of me so, when you were attacked by an inmate, that they were kind of in on it.
1: Yeah, there was no way to prove that, but yeah, yeah, I think so. I got attacked by two inmates, and um, you know, I fought both of them off, and that was a whole that was wild, it was pretty, pretty wild. But um, we had a big, big lawsuit and, and all that, but it worked out pretty well. So, mm-hmm. you know, these agencies can act really shady, man, and do some really shady stuff, but um. Eventually, if you see it through and get in a courtroom, they have to sit in a chair and answer some very uncomfortable questions.
0: I guess it's related to what's going on now that I want to talk about in a minute, but I'm just wondering, when was your uh, involvement at Kratom, when did that begin? Was it after all this stuff happened?
1: Uh, Around 2016. So that would be a couple Um,
0: couple years later?
1: Yeah, sort of. I mean, in, in that whole kind of time frame, yeah.
0: What led you to find out about Kratom?
1: I'd heard about it. For a while, I'm kind of into natural medicine and that type of thing. And I found out that it could be effective and work pretty well. I was going through just so much stress, and anxiety, and problems. And I was actually in a, um, I broke five bones in my face in an accident. My nose and uh, cheekbones had to go through some pretty extensive surgeries and all that. So, damn. A whole lot of things just happened at one time. So, the cradle really uh, helped a lot. With that, a year of surgeries and that type of thing. And then what I really use it for is um, post-traumatic. That's what I found works better than anything.
0: Is it from when you were attacked or is it from, a, a, you know, just that, that, just that career?
1: Yeah, just 12 years of compounded stuff, you know, work work accidents with decapitations and that type of thing. So it's just years uh. of compounding.
0: Do they give you any kind of treatment in a job like that or as a law enforcement officer in general? Because I know a lot of them have problems with this stuff. Man, it's
1: really kind of not. Well, back then, and um, it kind of depends on whatever you're into, but they're starting to. My Mm -hmm. brother's a cop, and they're kind of starting to. But once you deem somebody um, not, you know, that that they can't meet the. essential functions because of something you know they've gotta they gotta get you out of the job so Mm. it's kind of like the elephant in the room you know
0: yeah so if you say you have a problem then you risk your career right there
1: yeah and it's it's uh shame it is it really is and i know that a lot of cops act the way they act because yeah, they've got they've got some serious underlying issues, and they're afraid to have them addressed. And um, yeah, it's just not good, man. It's not good at all. I don't know how a society that we live in today has let something like this go for so long.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with all the problems that have been coming up in the media over the last few years with you know shootings and and now that cameras are everywhere you can see when either the stresses that police are under or how they act out because of because of the stress you know they get scared and shoot first ask ask questions later and you wonder wonder what goes behind that uh nobody really talks about that
1: yeah no nobody wants nobody wants to do that um they should you know it's a conversation that We all should be having, you know, I'm not pro police. I'm not against the police. My brother's a cop and Mm -hmm. I still have to work with these people. I own an armed security company now. Okay. You know, I've got to, I've got to work with them. Um, But having gone through all the experiences I've gone through and had some of these people just flat out lie, just lie. I don't know, man. It's just really subjective. Um, And it's on a person to person basis with uh, law enforcement with me now, anyways, and then we run into something like this in Arkansas. It's just, uh, man, it's 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 hard to wrap your whole mind around.
0: Yeah, with uh, Marshall Price, it's I mean, it's crazy. Now I know you you um, put in a uh, open records request for this case, and um, what's uh, been the response to that? Oh, we haven't gotten one.
1: Uh, yeah, Mike street and I were talking for weeks. Before, before Marshall was killed and yeah. a week before Marshall was killed, some of the circumstances around the original traffic stop just sounded really bizarre to me. They didn't make sense. So me and Mike agreed, yeah, we need to see the footage from this body cam and the dash cam on the uh, original traffic stop because I heard two different stories. One, I heard Marshall did not have eliminated license plate tags. And I also heard that Marshall didn't have functioning brake lights. Well, I know the illumination license plate tag trick uh, pretty well, and a lot of police will use that to initiate a traffic stop. It's really unconstitutional. They'll use that to initiate a traffic stop when they say, you know, oh, well, I can see that it's working now, but when I was behind you, I couldn't see it too well. Well, what they're doing is is they're stopping you and they're looking for probable cause indicators um, mm. for various things. They're, they're smelling for marijuana if you live in a state that's still a authoritarian dictatorship that doesn't have decent laws. They're looking for the smell of pot so yeah. they can get into your vehicle without having to have a, a warrant for it. Or they're looking for the smell of alcohol. Or they're looking for something in plain sight. And a lot of cops, especially in smaller agencies, will use a – Trick like that to perform a traffic stop to uh, to get some type of probable cause to get in your vehicle.
0: In the case with Marshall, reading through the, all the documents I could that were public, it just sort of seems like, because they busted him right after he came back over the border, he had a history where I, I guess he was a heroin addict, according to, uh, I think a couple of his daughters mentioned that, because Kratom actually helped him stay off of heroin. So he he had a couple of priors that were like non-violent. I think he had non-prescription Suboxin, which is opiate possession that's pretty low down on the toe. Pull, you know. Clearly, he's trying to not trying to get high. He's trying to get better, but it seems like they might have seen him going across the border, and they knew what he was doing, I guess. And and they they were just waiting to bust him there, uh, especially with this uh, broken taillight excuse.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. They um, they were waiting on it, and I don't know exactly when they had that. Kind of jumped in my brain. Last week, when we we're talking to the family, was, and they'll use this in smaller areas. Is uh, you know, they'll they'll have publicity stunts right before elections. So okay, yeah. What I was thinking is, is that they had a primary sometime in May of twenty one. Twenty
0: one. Okay.
1: This would serve to. uh This would now. I don't. I haven't checked into that. I could be completely wrong about that. Or they just wanted the publicity period for a large bust. Cops will do that. You know, from time to time just like, "Oh, hey, we're out here using your tax money appropriately." You know, we have m wraps and we have things that we don't even need. Um, you know, we've got bayonets for our AR-15s, <laughs> but um yeah, we're using our tax dollars appropriately for you guys uh, out here doing stuff like this. So, I believe you're exactly right. That's what they have because Marshall was stopped a month prior with The Kratom on him, and one of the cops was like, oh, that's Kratom, it's not a big deal. So, clearly, they knew what was going on here, and according to Julian and Chena Marshall, they brought him back with the kratom like he was functioning he was like like she said he was alive again he was he was marshall again and
0: this was after i guess an extended period of him being um being into heroin yeah it was the
1: the crazy thing is 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 marshall ended up back down there we didn't find this out till till last week marshall ended up back down there because he had some old warrant from years ago and he got stopped in Michigan where he was working as a, um, as a detox specialist at a treatment facility. So he got stopped in Arkansas, had a, uh, had a warrant out for him and they freaking extradited him from Michigan to Arkansas. Wow. And yeah, I, that was shocking to me that, that they would um, extradite, all the way across the freaking country yeah on a warrant and the crazy thing is is when he got there the warrant was so old that it was lost in the system and he sat in jail for 3 months imagine this oh my this God. is 90 days of your time i worked in a jail i hated spending 8 freaking hours in there yeah um this poor guy spends 3 months in there and the family's calling and calling they get a hold of an attorney for him, and he's like, yeah, it's taken care of. It's disposed of. We can go and get him out of there.
0: Wow. So he was brought from Michigan to Arkansas?
1: Yeah, or- by the cops. Yeah. And what was the
0: warrant for?
1: Dude, they don't even... They said that it was uh, an administrative error.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That is crazy. It's, it wasn't even for anything. That's yeah, insane.
1: It was... It was I, what I'm guessing was it was an old FTA an old failure to appear at maybe a traffic stop or some type of yeah um, summons and what they did is is since he was in Michigan they rolled it as him being it's probably for a misdemeanor something very simple and they rolled it as him being a freaking fugitive from justice
0: oh my god
1: <sighs> yeah I... and these uh, everybody who listens to this should think about that like when you're electing, This is the county sheriff's department, folks. When you're electing these people, this is who you're putting in there, all right? You think that they care about you for one minute because, you know, you've known them for 10 or 15 years or whatever? We'll do the same thing to you.
0: That's insane, I mean, because when you look at this guy's priors, it was, like I said, possession of non-prescription suboxone and failure to pay child support. It all looks like a guy that had a drug problem, and essentially that's what he was. But he doesn't have any violence, nothing like that. It, I, I think he uh, possessed a firearm after he was convicted of the possession of non-prescription suboxone, so he's technically a felon. Probably somebody didn't tell him hey, you can't own a far, firearm anymore. So they got him on that. I mean, that doesn't mean he's a violent criminal.
1: Or it could have been living with somebody that had one. True. They yeah. still charged him with it.
0: I, I'm just still trying to understand, like, why are they picking on him? Like, what did he is, he, is he that terrible? I mean, they're going all the way to Michigan to drag him back for some misdemeanor or something like that. Yeah, it's,
1: it's wild. And it seems like he had put his life together at this point, like things clicked for him. You know, the guy, the guy had a drug problem, you know, I know many people that do many people use Kratom to, to swear that away. And yeah, you know, he was, he was okay. That's the worst part about this whole thing is, and the picking on him, I, you know, I think that When you have these little tyrannical agencies like this, they just do whatever they can get away with. I've heard stories from the family now that there's been multiple inmates that have died in that jail, and it's just whatever they can pull off.
0: Yeah, there was a commenter on one of the ones I put out about this, and she said, yeah, my son has permanent injuries for the rest of his life because he was life-flighted out of there because he was beaten. Uh, there was another death from 2021 that was on the news. Never a follow-up on it, though. I mean, they, they had a state police investigation like they're doing now. At least from that news source, I searched it, and there was never a follow-up. Uh, another person commented on one of the articles and said, yeah, they beat inmates in there all the time. And It, it just seems like uh, there's a lot of people coming out and being like, oh, yeah, I know somebody who got their ass beaten there and whatnot. So that's that's pretty crazy that sometimes happens in allegheny county jail too and i'm still trying to get hold of that councilwoman that um i wanted to interview for that because i wanted to see like how some if anybody got justice out of that and how they went about it maybe provide some information i wanted to talk about um just in case anybody else wanted to get gets in the situation wants to do it like how do you go about requesting uh, uh, open records requests? And are they like technically legally required to turn over uh, police camera footage? It's, it's under the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act. You forwarded me that um, request.
1: You know, what's wild with that is, is I just got an answer on that today, and it was not even from the sheriff's department. It was from a different, uh, from a different agency. One of the police officers that was, uh, you know, showing his butt out there dancing and all that, that i looked guy. into him yeah yeah he was decertified uh jamie floyd the guy was decertified and uh, you know we put his name out there he was decertified something happened so i wrote the uh, commission on law enforcement standards in arkansas so that i could uh so i could see what he was decertified for well i got an email response today that saying that um Only Arkansas citizens can request um, public records on uh, officials in Arkansas. So that's the first time I've ever run into that. I live back in Kentucky. I spent most of my career in St. Louis. I'm from Kentucky. I moved home to Kentucky after my lawsuit was concluded. And um, I've done open records requests from here to the state of Missouri. I've done them to the state of Illinois, Tennessee. And this is all for business mm-hmm. with my armed security company. And um, I've never run into that issue before, ever. They've just, you know, hey, here's the records. Um, I've had them say, hey, if you would give us an extra week to compile them. We're busy. We got people out sick. And I'm like, whatever. Cool. You're working with me. That's fine. I can deal with it. Yeah. Um, I've never had anybody flat out say, no, you're not a citizen. We're not going to give them to you. So I replied back and said, well, the media does this all the time. Yeah. Probably not going to hear back on that. But we can have the family. All we got to do is I send it to them and just say, hey, put your name on this.
0: Yeah, and, and as far as I know, they're working with a pretty good lawyer, too, I think, that is probably going to want all this stuff for any kind of lawsuit they bring about, I suppose. Yeah, he
1: seems like I, – I write into him. He seems <laughs> – he seems like the type of lawyer you want. I've got a little bit of experience with lawyers. My lawyer was uh, really eccentric, and um, <laughs> he's a he's a judge now, which is great because the guy is just full throttle. Like, he's a tough guy, and he's a good dude, and he cares about one thing, and that's the truth with a capital T. Yeah. And, you know, he goes about things a little differently, but... um. It seems like this attorney is kind of the same way, man. He seems like a real wild card. I was reading some stuff on him all over the Internet, and um, this is the type of person that you want.
0: Think it sounds kind of like Saul Goodman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what
0: you want. Well, at least that's good. That's Man, it's just, the whole thing's just horrifying and terrible. This police officer, I I wanted to explain it for people listening that don't know what's going on, but the the family had a protest uh, last Friday night. I'm probably going to put this up tomorrow, so it'll still be last Friday, the 16th of December. Um, This is a week after Marshall was killed. So they protested at uh, the Green County Jail in Paragord, Arkansas. So from what I heard, there was a police officer or jailer or guard somebody uh who was in a in an suv he's playing loud music and dancing and honking his horn while they are protesting their father being father sister uh, brother son being killed yeah what was the story with him did you find out anything about this guy
1: i kind of dug around into him he's he's bounced from agency to agency which is uh not uncommon with people like that you know they'll get in trouble in one area and they're like well you know look man um kind of run your course here but hey down the road you know they might pick you up so the guys i looked at his employment history he's bounced from department to department and one thing that law enforcement agencies don't like is negative publicity on their cops because once again it's your tax money and that's all shielded so they want to show people like no we're out here doing great things so they sweep a lot of this misconduct under the rug and never sees the light of day he's obviously a problem child and he did lose his certification i did find that out that is a fact he is no longer a certified police officer for the state of arkansas he's now a uh, a jailer he's now a corrections officer so that's usually the end of the line it indicates to me that he's got enough time in to where he's close to retirement and he's finishing it out in that jail. And um, I've seen it here, the local sheriff's department, somebody will get in trouble and do something ignorant, and they'll put him in the county jail. And that's what, where they'll continue. The, you know They'll lose quite a bit of money, and they'll continue their career out there, which is terrible. It's extremely dangerous because um, it's putting a bad actor in a bad situation in jail these county jails, you know, it's not just exclusive to Paragould, Arkansas. There's massive problems at the one here. Mm-hmm. There's problems, and like you said, in Allegheny, There's problems in county jails all over the place, and it's um, it's these administrations are just uh, man. It's it's mind blowing that we live in the United States. Conditions are similar or worse. ...to freaking Abu Ghraib. You know, we saw that in the media, just ad nauseum, okay? I get it. It was a terrible human rights abuse, all right? Never should have happened. Those guys should have been punished, which they all weren't punished. It all kind of fell back on one staff sergeant. They Mm. swept it all under the rug. This is going on in the United States, and it's going on widespread.
0: Against American citizens, too. I mean, even if they did something terrible... It's still—that's we sh- how we're supposed to be different than countries that are that are oppressive tyrannies. We're supposed to have due process for people who are in prison and even prosecuted.
1: Absolutely. And that just—you know, you, you're an American citizen. You have constitutional rights, and one of those rights is the Eighth Amendment to serve against cruel, and unusual punishment.
0: The, okay, so the prosecutor who— it was his firm, Keith Cressman. I, I don't know if he worked directly on the case to prosecute Marshall and sentence him to uh, 10 years in prison for carrying Kratom. Just to be clear to everybody, he was charged with trafficking because cause he had over 200 grams. And I mean, everybody that listens to this probably knows that that, th- that is not that much. I got uh, I got like a pound in my closet. 200 grams is not that much at all. It's, it's a month's
1: supply.
0: Yeah, probably about a month for somebody that that probably uses every day. So this guy, Keith Cressman, but he's an Arkansas prosecutor. He's pretty prominent. And he actually, the West Memphis Three, if anybody hasn't seen the documentary Paradise Lost, that's in West Memphis, Arkansas, kind of the same region where all this stuff happened with Marshall. It was like three teenagers that were in the wrong place, the wrong time and they basically got blamed for murdering three little kids because they like to wear heavy metal t-shirts and it became like a high profile thing and a lot of musicians whose t-shirts they wore came out in support of them Uh, but they still did 18 years in prison so he the same prosecutor that prosecuted Marshall earlier this year he blocked um, the West Memphis three from introducing DNA into a lawsuit because that DNA is of course going to exonerate them then the people are going to have to admit they put three innocent men in jail for 18 years um, so this guy just you know he's just shameless and uh, he put out a press release after Marshall got sentenced to 10 years which was above the minimum Like the minimum was 96 months and he got 120 months so they gave him two more years I, I think than the uh, minimum which is I don't know why the jury did that, so I'm, I'm just wondering. It goes along with what you were saying before where they're trying to show, hey, we're doing this thing with your tax dollars, getting these evil drug traffickers off the streets, and uh, they even petitioned to keep out of the fact that he went right over the border and bought it in Missouri where it was legal. They kept that out of the case. Have you had any contact with his uh, public defender at all?
1: No, I haven't, and that that would probably be a a good route to go, but I believe that uh, the magnitude of this, they're probably not going to talk to anybody at this point. Um, Yeah. That show trial, you know, that's like a Soviet-era show trial, man, that blocking the evidence, blocking evidence for the jury. They basically sequestered the jury um, and told them that they couldn't research what Kratom was. I mean, you know... I know that there are things that happen in lawsuits where, or, or in trials where, you know, people will be asked, don't research the person that you're going to convict because you're going to get, um, you might have a different influential outcome from it or whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's totally different than researching a substance. This person was caught with and is put on trial and, you were going to contribute to their um, to, to, to the verdict. You would want the people to be informed. You would want them to be informed. And they didn't do that because they wanted the maximum amount of time possible, like you were saying, which th- Sheena told me that at one point he was facing life. Wow.
0: That's insane. Life. <laughs> that is crazy. I, I mean, well, he had a public defender, obviously, so I guess they can only do so much with limited resources. It yeah. seemed like he tried to do a lot because he was you know, petitioning to uh, suppress evidence that would have been found from an illegal search. Well, you were talking before about the whole taillight trick and the license plate light sort of made up a reason, it seems like, for him to pull over. And, and the taillight charges were dropped. That was the one thing the public defender could get out of that. Could they have done something so egregious at that traffic stop that if it were were to come out, they would like lose their careers? And would, would that be an incentive to go beat a guy up uh, while he's incarcerated? Because uh, I'm just wondering what the hell the incentive was to just beat this guy up beat him to death which which we don't know if that's what happened but it seems like that's what happened
1: yeah it's probably safe to say at this point that
0: somebody beat him to death
1: yeah somebody did it it wasn't uh it wasn't possible to be self-inflicted some some somebody did this you know i don't know to be honest with you brian i really don't know because they're not going to come off of that off of that body cam footage and off of any of that. They, it's been almost three weeks. They haven't responded to anything. Yeah. They're not going to come off of that. Um, the whole thing, and these cops know, you know, even though they're from backwoods wherever, you know, they still go to a, a, a friggin' um, 26-week training academy. They know what probable cause is. They know constitutional law. They know what they can and cannot do. Um, the whole basis for that traffic stop. So the jury dismisses that. Okay, They dismiss it. The whole thing should have been thrown out because that evidence was obtained through fruit of the poisonous tree. There's no evidence that's allowed to be entered into the American judicial system that comes from an illegal search. That should have been tossed with everything else. So when they got into the vehicle, there was no grounds to search the vehicle. Marshall wasn't intoxicated. Marshall not have marijuana on him or smell marijuana didn't smell alcohol and this guy's a veteran you know um he's a veteran with keeping things on him he's not going to have a bag of kratom that's illegal on the dashboard so mm-hmm. they got into the vehicle some way whether it was pressuring him into it you know hey man we're going to search it regardless we're going to get a dog up here you know use the same old horse and pony show and you know look shan was talking about if they want to search my car, let them search it. They're not going to find anything. Just do it and leave me alone. Like, no, don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Don't ever give them the ability to do anything like that over you because you don't know what they're capable of. And at this point, you know, hmm. are these cops capable of planting something on the family members? Absolutely, if they're going to go this far. But the reason for that traffic stop, I think they're shielding that so keeping it to their chest so tight because they know that it's going to come out they had no reason to stop marshall and they set it all up because they knew he was going to buy the kratom and they made up an excuse to stop him they know that and they know that yeah they all can get decertified for it
0: and just the fact that there's like a history with this particular jail you wonder if they're just drunk on their own power or whatever because, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to, to just go beat the crap out of a guy just because there's uh, you know, people are raising questions about this and stuff
1: Well, they didn't expect this they did not expect yeah. Marshall they, they feared that they got a guy who, he's got a public defender, obviously doesn't have a lot of money to, to, to dispose you know, for a lawyer Um, Yeah, doesn't have a whole lot of connections and resources. He's fresh back to the area, uh, struggling, putting his life back together. So they figured that this was low hanging fruit. They did not expect at all any type of public support for him. Hmm. Um, And they did not anticipate any of this outside involvement at all.
0: That's just nuts. I mean, it's because, like any little kratom story, there's a guy in Wales that got arrested for importing kratom, and uh, you know he got a fine or something, maybe community service or something like that, because it's illegal up there at the UK. And I was, I did a story about him. I'm, I'm getting, I'm seeing everything that comes in my feed, and I'm gonna do it like this guy got arrested for kratom makes sense that they didn't didn't expect it. They thought they were just going to make an example out of the guy. But then, you know, that Cressman puts out a press release. Oh, we're getting these drug traffickers off our streets. And it just seems like the community, because the jury, I was so surprised that they gave him 10 instead of the minimum amount of time in jail because it's, they they must buy into this narrative that that, that he was a drug trafficker. He's going to sell it to kids. Uh, and and the, there's this evil, harmful drug that he's using.
1: It's insane to me. Um, in the South, you know, I grew up in the South, live in the South. Mm. You've got the back of the blue crowd, you know. And I'm not saying don't support the police. Like, you know, don't support the... Don't go out and support the cops, hate the cops, yeah. ACAB, all that. You know, I think that's ignorance. That's just that's just totally yeah. stupid. And, you know, those are people that you know, I don't like those people anyways. But the whole back the blue thing in the South, man, you've got people down here that will not question anything. They think that they've known these cops for you know, oh, I've known him for ten or twenty years. I know know you're wrong you don't know them. you've never worked beside them like i have you don't know what these people do you don't know that they've cheated on their wife a thousand times that they're having a uh affair with the you don't know these cops like i know these cops okay they're not good people so you've got people that fall under these false impressions that just because they have a badge they're okay and that's not the case.
0: Like the whole thing about prohibition that sucks is now that I have my medical marijuana card. And part of the reason I got it is because we my wife and I bought a house a couple years ago. We didn't know this, but it was in a neighborhood with a lot of Pittsburgh police. There are our neighbors. And I'm like, well, the one thing I do illegal, <laughs> I can remedy that by getting my medical marijuana card and so I did. And even I have a friend that's a cop, too, and he comes apart. He doesn't say nothing. Everybody smokes pot, you know. and But I I worry about getting him in trouble if I'm smoking pot in the same. But it's it's like this, this prohibition. Now I don't do anything illegal. Kratom's not illegal. I feel like I can go talk to my neighbors, and maybe if they smell pot on me, there's nothing they can do about it. It doesn't matter. Not that they would. They're nice guys. And it's just this prohibition kind of kind of drives a wedge, sort of, in, in the community. I mean, what do what do police in general think about, like, take, say, like, a, somebody that's a, a law enforcement officer for the right reasons. What do they think about, like, somebody that just casually smokes pot, does an illegal drug? From my
1: experience, you know, I would much rather deal with somebody who's using marijuana than I would a drunk. I mean, I can't yeah. even tell you how many yeah. times. I've had to deal with drunks that it just ended terribly. You know, you've got domestics, 90% of those are caused by alcohol. Yeah. Um, You've got these issues. And um, my brother's a cop. Uh, We're actually having to do Christmas tonight because my brother's got to work Christmas Eve and and Christmas day. You know, he kind of, he kind of followed in my footsteps and became a police officer. He's a lot more different. He's very quiet, really well reserved, but I use marijuana and, my brother is completely fine with it. My brother, he doesn't even send anything for marijuana. still illegal in Kentucky. It's not even decriminalized. But my brother doesn't send these things for prosecution unless someone's trafficking marijuana or something like that. Yeah. He yeah. was just showing me some photos the other day of a traffic stop he did. on a guy, this is kind of funny, he stops this guy. And man, I didn't even know that you can even still get Mexican dirt weed like this <laughs> stuff even, <laughs> even existed. I haven't seen that in he, a while. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it since I was a teenager pretty mm-hmm. much I'm almost 40 and um, I'm my brother's show <laughs> my brother shows it to me and he was like, Look man, look at this look at the look, look at how terrible this weed is and I looked at it and he goes, Can you believe that this guy was so worried about this that he's telling me that he's willing to give up who he got it from and he- my brother told the guy he goes, You're willing to give this guy up for this <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah no for, <laughs> oh my god I'll for th- this
1: mess you know and i worked in St. i'll squeal and,
0: for dirt weed wow yeah
1: and he and he was he was totally willing to do it and oh my, my god was like you know man i was i was just writing you a 45 hour fine for this it oh okay yeah 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 no sorry no no no. i take it back I take it back but um <laughs>
0: <laughs> people need to realize yeah. you don't have to tell the police anything and you probably should just keep your mouth mouth shut. I've yeah, I've absolutely. gotten at, I've gotten at a lot of shit uh, uh, keeping my mouth. I mean know?
1: that's the way to do it. I, yeah. I I worked in St. Louis, Missouri. There was a yeah. hell of a lot more serious things to worry about oh, than. Yeah. Um, yeah petty drug possession yeah like Like,
0: i don't care one of my neighbors if he smells if he he's a cop and if he smells pot smoke coming from my house he's not gonna push away the uh unsolved murders and uh, gang members to like come up and drag me out of my house
1: no you're right and here's another thing that's changing a lot of police's view on when i first started law enforcement any amount of marijuana you're getting arrested for which was a crazy then and i started in 2006 it was crazy then but um police officers have dealt with this fentanyl and heroin just ad nauseum so it's kind of conditioned them to be like well why are we worried about all this other stuff when we're dealing with the fallout from violence from this we're seeing families people overdosing and dying there's no more sons moms dads brothers sisters you know these people are, are falling over dead and i'll tell you something I am really trying to put something together for like a law enforcement liaison thing where we educate police officers on Kratom because a lot of them, they still don't, still don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, We explain to them like, look, you guys are so concerned about this heroin and fentanyl and this entire uh, mess that we have in this country with this stuff. This is a solution for that. This is not the boogeyman. This is not the, oxy adderall love child that the internet has made this and the fda and all these different agencies have made this out to be And this is the answer and i have told different cops we were facing a ban here in kentucky luckily the aka was able to uh, stave that off i've got an employee of mine who is a probation parole supervisor he works for me part-time for some extra cash um got another guy who's a police officer for me they both take kratom they've gotten off tramadol they both were on tramadol which is you know it's a dangerous drug man it has Mm -hmm. potential for seizures and all this stuff they've gotten off that and they take kratom so when we were facing that ban i called the bill sponsor directly you know it's kind of shady what i did but i called the sponsor the bill and was like hey man you put this kratom bill together I'm a uh, former law enforcement officer. I'd like to come up here and speak about the dangers of Kratom. Oh, man, he was all for it. He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, we'll give you a five-minute speaking spot on the floor. My intentions were not to talk about – my intentions were to talk about the dangers of Kratom being banned, not the dangers <laughs> of Kratom. Because I was going to get up there in front of that whole house and say, hey, this is what this is, okay? you're If, if you ban this, there's – probably around 300,000 Kentuckians that use this. You're going to see mass relapse overnight. You've compiled a corrections impact statement that consists of $10 million that you're going to allocate for incarceration fees for Kratom. You've already got this figured out for $10 million. $10 million tax dollars you're flushing down the toilet and you're putting somebody that's not violent in a violent situation where now they're going to have post-traumatic stress or hyper for the rest of their life because they have to learn how to adapt and survive in an in an extremely violent um, environment, and you're gonna put them away for this, um, this is the success that it's had. And man, I had all this stuff nailed for just five minutes of nonstop talking to go up there. And you know, I was gonna say like, look, I had dealt with fentanyl on a serious level. Get any police officers dealt with it. You're gonna have people, they're going to relapse and go back to that. This is the answer. And um, well, the bill died.
0: Uh, the fentanyl is just going to get in an underground kratom supply because some people take it for the same reasons so like when once all this kratom is going to be here if it gets schedule one nationally or something it's going to all go in the black market people are going to take it to try to get an opioid effect but it's like it's, it's it's what they call the iron law of prohibition where when things are prohibited it's just in an incentive wise to keep the supply smaller. Like Al Capone wasn't running kegs of beer and wine coolers. He was running liquor because you could fit more alcohol in a truck than you could beer. You could fit more whiskey in a truck than beer. Same thing with that's why fentanyl's so prominent because you could keep as much in your pocket to supply the whole neighborhood versus kilos of heroin in, in your trunk. So the kratom is going to get mixed with it. The guy that has some fentanyl is going to sprinkle a little in the kratom. He's going to have the best quote-unquote kratom in town and then pretty soon somebody that's like oh yeah my dose is five grams i'll just take 10 of these pills well they'll start dropping like flies like like everybody else who thinks they're getting heroin i knew a guy who tried to buy some cocaine and it was fentanyl and he died it's just gonna add to the problems for sure
1: yeah you're absolutely right that's exactly what's gonna happen that's a hundred 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 percent what's gonna happen and What's crazy to think about this is you think our government, you know, you figure that out. Uh, you think our government doesn't know that? I,
0: I know, really. I, You know, I sometimes wonder how involved they're in, like they were during Prohibition with uh, putting poison in the in the uh, underground alcohol supply. So I guess people would stop using it if everybody started, started dying of it. I don't have any evidence for that. That gets into conspiracy territory, but it, I wouldn't be shocked.
1: What's not, you know, get into conspiracy territory, but let's talk about something that really happened, and that's Iran-Contra and where that all started out. That whole Iran-Contra thing is, the epicenter was Mena, Arkansas. So, Arkansas and the family told me, Arkansas has been like this since the late 80s with the state police, which would all line up to that event state police involvement and i mean just think about how crazy this this sounds the arkansas state police are involved with the moving of cocaine from the airport in mena arkansas that was flown in to be sold in the united states and the proceeds from that were going to go to arm nicaraguan rebels like that really happened and that was all going on in a small town in arkansas
0: yeah i'm looking right, right now uh associated press september twenty fourth nineteen ninety one yep yeah in arkansas so that's that, crazy i didn't i didn't uh, realize i generally know you know what happened but i don't know the uh, arkansas connection that's interesting
1: it was it was um <laughs> colonel Oliver North. You know, we, we all know who that is. Yeah. This is what brought Oliver North into light was was this Iran contract. And the government, you know, they still man, if you if you go back and you watch those hearings on YouTube, um a representative was like, Nope, that's national security. We're not to dude, they would not come off of it. They wouldn't talk about it. They wouldn't admit to anything, but you know, they it was shown that it happened, yeah. Congressional testimony. They started doing some backdoor testimonies and they were like, oh crap <laughs> we're busted on this so that's the epicenter folks that that all went down in arkansas so to think that a man can't be murdered in a county jail you know to keep some people out of trouble for doing some illegal activities while they're cops and the other thing is marshall got so much light on him um, what else have these cops done in that county that they're worried about all this all this light being on them now you know what
0: i mean yeah like i said i mean i just did a quick google search of that prison and there was just a guy last year that died under suspicious circumstances there was a state police investigation and then nothing i don't i, I didn't couldn't find anything else about it you have a um a reddit site called <coughs> small batch kratom
1: yeah we just review different vendors cool um kind of put out what's really good i'm kind of really i like the uh, i like the small batch stuff they don't have to use nearly as much of it um it's really effective and we just like to highlight you know certain vendors on there that just have really amazing really amazing stuff because you know you got a lot of credit that comes into the country and it sits in a warehouse for a year or two Mm. along with 40 more tons and i kind of like the stuff that comes in from directly from indonesia by you know 50 to 100 kilos at a time the vendor tests it they test for you know all the things that you should be testing for and uh it's just really good quality so we just kind of highlight some of those vendors and you know we've got one vendor that has done so well that they're able to do the uh aka gmp and move on up and that's the goal they start out they get traction they have a really good product they, they're they successful and um you know that they, they they grow and grow and grow and as they're able to grow you know they're able to um build things up and be a part of the community in a, in a bigger standing you know
0: yeah yeah so it's that's, good it's that's good
1: awesome. work that we do with that
0: yeah that's awesome uh and i can put a link to that reddit page too that's going to be the future i mean i think uh uh, these vendors got to start just stepping up and, and doing it because they'll be ready by the time uh, some of this stronger regulations pass and enforce, enforcement
1: Absolutely, comes. yeah. That's kind of what some of the intention there is, is, you know, look, self-regulate because you're going to be forced into regulation. And I'm really a, a staunch libertarian. I believe that in some forms uh, over-regulation destroys things. But, you know, in order to keep this legal and to keep a lot of these a lot of these people that are just fanatics about this, that are just obsessed with having another substance that's that's a useful ban to shut them up and to, st- you know, actually and to keep people safe. You know, it's, mm. it's really that's got to be what's done.
0: Yeah, cuz there's a lot of at least companies. I mean, uh Commonwealth University in Virginia, they just went around to their local uh shops, bought some Kratom and they found like one had like toxic levels of manganese in it. Uh one product was mixed with fenibut that wasn't on the label. It was Kratom and fenibut. And it's just like you wonder why like some of these people are having heart attacks after uh, they take like long term kratom, like the girl in Georgia, the lawsuit. I feel bad for her because she was taking regular kratom a long time, uh, and then she got a hold of this stuff that was called Stardust, and I think she, it was an extract, and then I think she took a whole bunch. She had underlying heart conditions. It's it's very rarely or ever just the kratom, but that kicked something in that she doesn't didn't know was gonna kick in, and she had a heart attack and died. So I think, yeah, we definitely need. Uh, regulation and at least for cleanliness because you know the salmonella thing comes up it's just gonna have to be uh yeah we, we gotta make sure everybody sells just like tobacco coffee uh i i Dr. mccurdy when i interviewed him he said you know i want to know if i'm getting you know i don't want to buy a, a bag of coffee that has like 10 times the caffeine uh than my regular thing of coffee because that might not be good for me <laughs>
1: no i agree yeah I one to thing that, one thing that we've been successful in with a with a page like that is um you'll have you'll have some startup vendors and that's kind of where they gain some traction at that's cool and i look into them you know I, I i dig into them um i've got a verification process so we've caught two two vendors you know i'm not going to get into the craziness of it but um there were two people that tried to slip into there and me and another guy had done some research and done some uh, done some legwork on this particular vendor. And, um, well, the Reddit has a comment history. And I was reading his comments, and I'm like, wow, this guy seems to like these research chemicals a hell of a lot. And um, I just kept reading about it and reading about it on his comments. And this guy's posting photos and all this stuff of the new kratom he's putting out. And... I talked to another guy and I was like, dude, this is not cool. This guy is heavily into these research chemicals. Um, he could be, you know, not purposely mixing this in there, but man, this is in the same facility as these yeah. research chemicals are probably run out of his house, the same house. We got to shut this down. So the guy had sent orders out and I had somebody uh, that had ordered from him. I sent them a regents test kit and i said dude here's how you work this thing you break this glass nodule you put this substance in here and you're going to have a color-coded sheet and it's going to tell you if there's anything in there well guess what we found pcp analogs so oh my god oh we shut it down man we shut that down so there's another one it wasn't that serious it wasn't that we didn't find anything in it but That's also why I've got that group set up, because um, there were some vendors that were like, well, man, it's not illegal to have the research chemicals or whatever. It's like, well, it's not. Okay, it's not. But do you want to freaking... Oh, and the guy, I looked into him. I got into his background, because I can run background investigations. Yeah. And the guy had a warrant from New Jersey for, I guess, certain research chemicals there, since they're so close to the analogs of... Men's are, in fact, illegal. And um, I had a warrant out for this guy's arrest, and he's down in Texas um, as a pop-up kratom vendor. So, yeah, we were able to square that away and keep law enforcement out of it because I knew exactly what would happen if law enforcement got involved. They would have a press conference. Man, they would have a press conference, and they would have a table lined out, you know, like the funny meme you see with the Paw Patrol there. Um, They would have it out. And they would say, man, adulterating Kratom with highly dangerous, deadly research chemicals. And that single action right there is enough for the DEA to schedule an emergency ban. Something that simple. Yeah. Something that small and minute. If they were willing to do that on 16 people getting salmonella in 2018, I think it was. Yeah. What? What they do if twenty people had an overdose for PCP? I don't think people realize how on the line the legality of this is hanging, yeah. and it's hanging by a thread. And it's things like that right there that can bring it down.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's why. That's why there has to be regulation with enforcement too. Like I, I know some of the laws. There are guidelines, and their first steps, and they're easy to get passed without taxes. Uh, but in Oregon, they set aside a million-something dollars uh, for enforcement of these Kratom companies in particular, and they made it so they categorize one thing as a processor. Like, the importers are categorized as processors, and then there's retailers, so the processors can sell to the retailers, but the processors are the ones that— there's a million dollars set aside for there's about four in the state that qualifies process so it's kind of like yeah it's like a top-down thing whereas i don't think like a retailer should have to pay uh you know a million dollars to be able to sell kratom a year even online but i think they should be able there should be a process by which we know they're selling clean kratom and yeah all these guys are just Oh, I can't believe like people like adulterate it with stuff. And kratom is great on its own. Just find a good source for it. Like get, a, exactly. get a better supplier. Kratom is fine on, by itself. Good kratom. It's so well, yeah. You had a yeah. you had a criminal that had
1: some really, you know, just floor sweeping dirt. And you know we can add a little bit of this analog to it. And, yeah. You know, it's a stimulating. Like man, this is good. This is good. Well. You know, that unfortunately didn't work out for him. But what I worry about with regulation is, is that, you know, we don't want a lot of Mussolini's and these, these government officials, like we're talking about earlier, getting drunk on power and just enforcing the hell out of this. You know, we want something to where it's safe for everybody. It's tested. We know that it's good to go. There's proper instructions on it. You know, there's people that are like, get out of the gas stations. Okay. I can see your point with the gas stations. All right. I can see it. You know. You can still buy whiskey there, which is a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, and, like
0: in Missouri in certain states, yeah.
1: Yeah, you can buy it over the counter. But yeah. um yeah, you know, I can see some of those arguments, but um yeah, if we can get the right people in there that know the product that um, you know, continue to uh, to do what some of these states are doing, then yeah, it's it's gonna be fine. If we keep bad actors out, you know, that's yeah. um
0: and shit, I think you'd be a great guy to lead the uh, enforcement of the you know particular companies, especially with the people uh, you know. You already shut down a guy with the PCP, so that's like hell yeah. That's what we need. That's the kind of thing we need because they're just hurting people from their own greed and selfishness,
1: and that, yeah, that just shouldn't happen.
0: That just shouldn't happen. There's a lot of good vendors out here, and they're being they're all being accused of trying to get people hooked on it meanwhile you know guys i know they get nothing but positive letters saying oh this is good this saved my life blah 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 that's 99.99 percent of what they hear we yeah i to- can't
1: even tell you how many people that are like something that we do on the side you know, we'll find somebody who's struggling because i'll have people message me all the time and i can usually tell who's full shit who's who's okay about it like hey man I'm i'm really kind of I'm really kind of down right now. Um, I don't want to go back to what I was doing, but I, I just don't have the money to afford this. And I can go and get a five dollar hit, and
0: oh, wow. you
1: know I can kind of hang on a little bit longer. Like, okay, man, you know what do you like? What's you know what are your um are your preferences? Oh, you know I like green strains or I like unfermented red. Like, all right, look, if you can hang on for about another four days, we'll get you we'll get your flat rate package out. And we'll help you out. So there's uh, four or five vendors that I work with exclusively. And that's out of their pocket. It's out of my pocket. Um, we keep one or two people basically alive and, and also from relapse and going back to a former lifestyle that they don't want to go back to.
0: That's great. That's a great program. And, oh, the doctors caught, caught me off of opioids. I'm thinking about suicide. And he wait and let me send you this. So <laughs> right. that's, a, that's a good Yeah, program. and that's what.
1: A lot of people don't realize this, man. When you take somebody, I could get um, tramadol or I could get hydrocodone, but I don't know how long I would have it. And that's the problem. Yeah. I've got a lot of uh, nerve damage in my neck and, and mm. some serious nerve pain. And it's just developed over the years. And I, it, it's, it's to do with wearing a freaking 18 pounds of gear on every day and yeah. slumping forward. Um, and I still work a lot of posts currently doing armed security because you know i like to keep my payroll down and i'll work with those myself so a lot of them not i mean i've got employees and we have a really good business but you know i still like to be out there and do it but you know i'm in pain and i could go back and get on these medications but at what point you know they can just immediately my biggest fear is is having it taken away and like man well in a week I'm going to be really suffering and hurting. And, you know, with Kratom, I don't even think about having to deal with a doctor and those medications because you're really at their mercy. And that's another problem that we have in this country yeah. right now. Yeah. It's it's a huge issue of uh, people that actually need this stuff and they're worried about losing it. You know, man, I've got a friend who's a cop who got cut off of his prescription medications. Um, my girlfriend and I were, uh, at dinner the other night at Olive Garden talking about it. I said, can you believe that he drove to the doctor's house? Man, this guy I know drove to a doctor's house at like 7 o'clock at night and oh, knocked man. on his door, dude. Damn. <laughs> he, he knocked on his door. He's like, man, you cut me off my medication, dude. <laughs> can you imagine? Wow. Wow. But that's that's how, you know, that's just the point there that keeps all that from happening, you know.
0: Yeah, and I, I i have no doubt that it's kept a lot of people from dying uh from fentanyl overdose. No fucking doubt. I mean
1: and relapse. It just kept so many yeah. people from from relapse. Like Marshall. Marshall would have had a healthy, productive life. He would have still been fishing. He would have seen his grandkids grow up. He would have man, the guy would have been completely fine. He was not going back to this. You know, he might have had some, um, some doubts sometimes. We all do. But yeah. um, Marshall had been using kratom for so long, and he had been telling people about it when he was working in that rehab up in Michigan. He was getting people on it. He was, he was like, hey, look, you know, this helped me. This saved me. Um, Marshall was fine, and now he's dead
0: yeah that's fucking terrible it's terrible right around christmas too so they can never have christmas without thinking about this i mean it's hard man it's
1: hard it was really hard to sit there and um you know mike said the same thing we had to take a few days off and just not talk about it just because uh man it's really hard to sit there and this guy's sister and daughter you know, it, it's really difficult to sit there and see that.
0: Please support the family of Marshall Price, the justice for Marshall Price. Go fund me. There will be a link in the description. The Creative Science Podcast is produced by me, Brian Gallagher for Science.com. The music is rise the song is Memories of Thailand, take care.